When I'm human and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna blow my horn till the cows come home and everyone's gonna bow down to me. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? It's Michael Leon Woolley, the voice of Lewis the Alligator from the Disney movie The Princess and the Frog, and you're listening to the Magic Our Way podcast with Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Rachel. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. The Magic Our Way podcast. They are truly magical and whatnot. Sante Sana, everyone. You're listening to the Magic Hour Podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana. And on this show, we invite you to feel the libations. Feel it, feel it. We are artistic buffs talking about dizzy stuff, and this is a show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicRway.com is where you can find us for the hub. We, as New Orleanians, discuss the recently announced menu for Tiana's Palace Restaurant at the Disneyland Resort in California. And look, this isn't your typical polished practice pixie dust and Disney podcast. No way. We are not in Disneyland every day trying to snag one of those newly released Star Wars Bantha Burgers lounge fly purse or visor. That's right, Kev. We're just here to drink, talk some Disney and let you know our thoughts on how this new menu stacks up. That's right. So just mix up some gumbo and sit down and have a listen. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. I'm Eli. And Rachel will join us in just a little bit. So... Enough of our jibber-jabber, guys. We have to go talk about this damn menu. Here we are on the Hub, our main topic segment of the show. For this episode, we are discussing the recently announced menu for Tiana's Palace, a new restaurant set to open at the Disneyland Resort in California on September 7th, 2023. Now, just to clarify, this is not to be confused with Tiana's Place, which is only found on Disney Cruise Line's Disney Wonder. Totally different place. Yeah. Now, back to Tiana's Palace, right? The Disney Parks blog reminded us that this is the next step in bringing more of Princess Tiana's stories to life in New Orleans Square. The first of which began with Eudora's Chic Boutique featuring Tiana's Gourmet Secrets, which opened last year. And we'll continue with the opening of Tiana's Bayou Adventure attraction next year in 2024. And they are excited to, and I quote, pay homage to this cuisine of the Crescent City. Now, Disney Eats and the Disney Parks blog, which are basically one and the same, describes the restaurant in this manner in their August 23rd, 2023 article. And I quote, nestled on Orleans Street. This soon-to-be hot spot will be serving up can't-miss classics like gumbo and beignets, but with a tasty twist. You can only get at this quick-service location. You can even use mobile order to get all the new bites on the way. This restaurant marks the return of the Mint Julep Bar. At Tiana's Palace, you can enjoy new menu items that represent Tiana's story and honor the flavors and flair of New Orleans with an effort to source some of the ingredients directly from the state of Louisiana when possible. And in this article, they released pictures of what these, and I quote, can't miss classics like gumbo and beignets, but with a tasty twist, will look like for the most part. So no doubt you guys have seen this article. So I think, yeah, so I figure uh, we talk a little bit about this, you know, being a, you know, we're New Orleans based podcast. Yes, Rachel's from a different part of the country, but it's okay. Majority here in New Orleans. And, and, and we like to, you know, we're proud of that. We're both that. We're very familiar with the area. So I figure we would have some 
input to say on these treats with a tasty twist, as they say. <laughs> so I'd figure I'd just go through the food list that they displayed. And of course, this being a quick service, it's not terribly expensive. It's not like a sit-down restaurant where they have tons of different things. But I figure we just talk a little bit about some of the things that are here, okay? So the first thing up, they boast a Cajun spice half chicken to have a little extra spice. So if somebody wants a little extra spice in their meal for that day, they can get this half chicken meal. And uh, it is basically a chicken brush with house-made chicory barbecue sauce served with baked macaroni and cheese and coleslaw, mm-hmm. which is a pretty, I guess, in my thought, a safe option for those that are not too sure what else to get. It's almost like sustainable fish, right? <laughs> you know, you get this, you get the half chicken, it's cooked in some way, and it's good. It, it, it's a safe option. What makes it Cajun? I guess it's the spice. Yes. Got to be the spice. It's got to be the spice, right? Can I ask a non Louisiana resident question. Absolutely. What actually is chicory? It's the root of the endive plant, specifically, which is dried and then ground okay. up and then okay. added to our coffee. And ask awesome. me, Eli, <laughs> ask me how many times I've had to say that. <laughs> Working at Cafe <laughs> du Monde, yeah, like yeah. Every, every tourist is like, what is chicory? It's the root of the endive plant. <laughs> so well, I know what an endive is. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's the root. You just, just dry it up, ground it up, and then stick it in the coffee. And it's basically, it was, it was, it was made use as like a filler, right? Because coffee was kind of expensive, and so they needed to make it stretch. So adding the chicory to that kind of made it uh, stretch. The coffee grains itself stretch, but also added this little extra kind of oomph, put hair on your chest kind of feeling wow. uh, to our coffee kind of stuff. See, so, I didn't know that part. All right. Yeah, that's why when it comes that's out cool. straight, uh, you know, when you're brewing it, it's it's kind of thick. You know, So usually, like, Cafe de Mall, like, if you get a black, coffee at cafe du monde they'll cut it with like half water half coffee mm-hmm. or if you get the cafe au lait it's usually half hot milk half coffee but it's usually split in some way unless you're like really bold and you just go straight whole hog which i had some customers do it's like don't cut it i was like okay <laughs> and it just comes out like uh, sludge uh, oil uh, like what is it black gold of the earth <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. there you go yeah 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 so yeah that's basically Sounds what chicory is yeah and so I, i've you know i've seen things like this people adding chicory to whatever else just to do something with it but anyway that, that's that's yeah. the safe option i think and then we get into the handhelds which gets a little bit closer to home right mm-hmm. so the first of all is the muffalata sandwich which basically stacks mortadella salami rosemary ham cheddar provolone and house-made olive relish they call it on toasted new orleans sesame seed bread okay this is my first real problem yes with this menu i was gonna say cheddar yeah. cheese on a muffalata is a sin uh, you, yes. you never ever put <laughs> provolone for sure, maybe mozzarella, but never cheddar cheese. Yeah, that was interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's not what a muffalata is supposed to be like. And and the whole relish thing that kind of worries me. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I hope they mean salad. <laughs> I hope so too. It's supposed to be an olive salad. Yeah, that's exactly. Which is a little it. bit different than a relish consistency, oh, right? You know okay, I mean? yeah, yeah. If you're thinking like a relish, like you put in a hot dog, no, no, right. no, 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 no. It should not be like that. It should be. Chopped kind of, olives with oil, some celery, carrots, yeah, oil, yeah, garlic, right, like a vegetable kind of mix, mix, yeah, pickled vegetables, I should say, all nicely marinated, yeah. Looking at the picture on the blog post, it does look like what you're describing, and I like hope- more of a chunky kind of pickled mixture. And I don't even see cheddar in this picture, which makes me no, I don't see it either. Hopeful, but yeah, there is there's no world in which you put cheddar cheese. On a mozzarella sandwich, not not here. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. should be mozzarella. It should be mozzarella, mozzarella, mm-hmm. and provolone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. two things. And then you know, you can even do- mortadella is not really something. I mean, they they do do that, but it's usually a little bit of mortadella, a little bit of um, 
salami, but then stacks of ham. Yeah. <laughs> like just layers. Layers and layers and layers of ham. If you're lucky, mortadella, but usually it's Chisazi's, which is local, mm-hmm. locally made uh, ham, which is actually still pretty good. So, right. I mean, I, I don't really complain about so that. So that's really my only nitpick on that is, yeah. The cheddar. Right. That should not happen. So if you order yours and you really want it uh, New Orleans based, if they can, tell them to leave off the cheddar cheese and add extra provolone or mozzarella. Yeah. It, so cheddar, not enough of a tasty twist. I don't want a tasty, tasty twist. twist. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm just I'm just quoting what they put in articles. Cheddar tasty don't twist. make it better. Tasty so, twist. <laughs> <laughs> we want to do things to honor and pay tribute to with a tasty twist, which basically means we're going to make it what we want to make it. Right. Yeah. So moving on to another handheld, we got the beef po' boy sandwich. Po' boy is, of course, which uh, you mm-hmm. know our version of the hoagie, of the you know, subway sandwich, whatever else. Every region's got their own particular take on the sandwich. Ours is unique. Number one, we use French bread, right? Mm-hmm. So let's see what they have on theirs. And they describe it as having slow cooked beef perfectly coated with gravy and fully dressed with lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise atop toasted New Orleans French bread. Can I ask a dumb question again? No, please. No, no dumb questions here. I'm going to be the voice of the people who do not live there. Yes. <laughs> no. In fact, that's why I was, I'm glad you're on the show because this is a good balance. Yeah. I thought a po' boy had to have fried stuff in it. No, no, it does not. Generally, it does. You see fried shrimp, mm-hmm. catfish, uh, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Whatever. Roast beef po' boys are very much a thing here. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it doesn't like this is like a chopped beef kind of mixture looking like a thing. slow roasted almost looks like a pulled yeah you know what i mean exactly slow cooked, pulled yeah beef. that i don't know i've never seen a roast beef po' boy look like now they don't call it roast beef they just call it beef i don't know yeah slow cooked beef uh, it's sh- yeah it should be roasted with the au jus and everything just dripping from it usually right. it's like uh people boast around here so many napkins to eat our roast beef po' boy yeah that's like a, a right of that's like a, a, a right of honor passage kind of a thing. Yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, roast yeah. beef. Generally, the roast beef is sliced though, mm-hmm. unless uh, it's a debris. That's yeah, what that I was but debris. Say. Yeah, and debris basically. Do you are familiar with that term debris? When like debris sandwiches I mean, and stuff, you can probably guess. I know what debris guess. is. Yeah, yeah, I can guess. I yeah. guess. <laughs> so I mean, that's what he's insinuating that the picture looks like it's just nothing but debris. Mm-hmm. Which usually, a roast beef is not. Eventually, it turns into debris mm-hmm. yeah. the more you eat it because it's just a messy thing. But you're using that for something else, like yeah. a stew or just like some or other French type fries. Of, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. So to dip your fries in, but this looks like a sloppy Joe. Yeah, me. that's a oh, good yeah. comparison. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to ask is because I don't really eat roast beef po' boys, but I, my, my wife loves them. Mm-hmm. Normally, though, I don't see them with mayonnaise and tomatoes and stuff like you'll see like uh, if you get like a, a fried shrimp po' boy, you'll have lettuce and tomatoes and, and mayonnaise. But is that typical of a roast beef po' boy to have mayonnaise and because uh, the gra- it seems like that would clash with the gravy. And <laughs> if you like yeah. it, Bessie, yes. You, yeah. Mm, if you like it, yeah. if you like it, well, you have it either way. It's kind of like mm-hmm. uh, like like a was a Philly cheesesteak with or without. Right. Uh huh. So it's just like that. You can either have it dressed or undressed. And okay. So you can if you don't, if you don't get a dress, then then that's you just get the roast beef and the gravy. But if you get a dress, it's usually lettuce, tomato and mayonnaise. Okay. And that's it. That's all you get. No pickle, no yeah. nothing extra. I mean, unless you want that. Unless you want it. I've so gotten, I'll get it. Just, but then say. it makes for a hell of a mess. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what some, like, it's so much like fun. It's so delicious. Yeah, yeah. You just don't mind getting your hands dirty because there are some stores around here that you make oh, they that don't play, request. Yeah. They'll just put mayonnaise and tomato, everything all on. I know, it. but yes. it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you had roast beef at your house, you don't glob mayonnaise on top of it. No, not you, usually. You want the, mayonnaise, the roast beef and the gravy to be by itself, I would think. But yeah. But yeah. Some people, yeah, I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm not saying this is not what people, down here do i'm sure some people do do that but mm-hmm. 
I was just curious how y'all did it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've gone either way. It depends. I guess it depends on where I'm at. Because mm-hmm. if sometimes if the roast beef is like really dry, then I need a little mayo just yeah, to help it. I can see that. You know, but if it's like, I know it's been sitting in that au jus for years, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm totally fine getting it undressed. Yeah. Yes. Maybe just lettuce, tomato, but that's about it. No mayonnaise at that point. But either way, the, both of those sandwiches serve alongside red beans and rice and a house and house made pickles. So they have red beans and rice as a side. I'm worried about how they even how the red beans and rice are going to taste because that should be a nice spicy. Well, it shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be like like pinto beans or that's my yeah something I'm, like that. It should be a little thicker. I'm afraid to go get fancy. All right, so moving on in the menu, the next thing they put up for uh, offering is a golf shrimp and grits, which is basically Ooh. a good twist on shrimp and grits. And the shrimp is grilled to perfection and tossed in a Creole sauce, and the shrimp are then paired with cheesy grits. Here again, it looks great. Yeah, this is different than I'm used to seeing with shrimp and grits. Mm-hmm. Like generally, it's not cheesy grits that you get. It's almost like you get barbecue shrimp with the the sauce, and the the grits absorb the flavor of the sauce that you're eating. It's right. not like it's almost like they're two separate things in this. Maybe that's the twist. Is the cheesy? Grits. I guess so. But um, okay, so the grits wouldn't normally have cheese. Is that what you're saying? Right, and what you would see okay. is like it, it, it would be. So much sauce from the barbecue shrimp that you would put on top of it. It wouldn't be golf shrimp. It would be barbecue shrimp, right, Kat? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Golf shrimp, you know, uh, okay. barbecued. Right. New Orleans style. Not like barbecued on a grill, but exactly. New Orleans barbecue with the and, sauce. Right. And then basically that's just like a, a sauce that you make. It's like Worcestershire sauce, tons of butter. butter yeah. Garlic. Uh, garlic and everything like that. And it's a delicious sauce. And, and the, the grits just absorb that flavor. And so you would eat like that. The This is a little bit different. It's almost like the shrimp is separate from the grits but there is a sauce but it's there, just not yeah the creole sauce right it just not overtake so it's it's different than what we would call shrimp and grits over here it's a toss i'd be curious because usually when they do shrimp and grits they cook the shrimp in the sauce yeah so it really oh, okay. absorbs that flavor so it's a little bit different so i guess that, that's where my only hesitation is if it's really going to absorb the flavor of the sauce in mm-hmm. the shrimp yeah and stuff i don't know yeah i'm curious oh it looks it looks oh, i love a shrimp and grits yeah mm-hmm. it looks good enough to eat but i mean just yeah it, it Again, not really quite what this isn't really what I would associate being shrimp and grits. In fact, first time I saw it, I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the, those are those meals. Those are seem kind of safe. Right. OK. And I, and you're probably thinking out there, hey, man, when are they going to talk about the gumbo? Talk about the beignets. We're going to get there. Don't worry. But I just want to knock all this little stuff out. The next thing being they have a bunch of sides, which are typical sides you maybe get. <laughs> They got buttermilk cornbread, baked macaroni and cheese, red beans and rice with heirloom rice. I've never heard the term heirloom rice. Have y'all? No. No. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think I've heard it more in the context of tomatoes, but like heirloom grains. I've heard that. Like heirloom grains are a thing. Right. Okay. I had to look it up. And so if if anybody's curious about what heirloom rice is, heirloom rice is a special kind of indigenous rice that has been planted yeah. by the ancestors of Ifugao and other upland tribes. It usually commands a higher price than ordinary rice and is prized for its exceptional cooking quality, taste, texture, color, and most importantly, nutritional value. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I'm curious about the rice. But I know we don't use that rice. We're, we're kind of poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I mean, no, it's, it's that, that's interesting that they, they made a point to say heirloom. So that's that's cute. But mm-hmm. I, I had to look that up because I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are the sides you can get. Uh, and then for the kids, of course, they got a, the roasted chicken drumstick, which is served with the rice. That's a, like the safe, a smaller version of the safe option. Uh, they got a toasted ham and cheese sandwich, you know, which has ham and provolone and a side of mac and cheese you could also get for the kids. And all of those are accompanied by some mandarin oranges and applesauce with a choice of water or low fat milk. Okay, so 
So no fries. No fries. My kids are probably good for the mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, although it's baked, which is different. Like my son, he doesn't love the baked mac and cheese. I think that's anyway, a thing just, down here is, is, is baked yeah. mac and cheese. Yes. I guess I think generally in the South, not necessarily just New Orleans, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Usually when I see yeah. it, it's a, it's a lot of times it's, it's baked. baked macaroni is really yeah. what it is, is, is cheese and they put it in the oven and they bake it and stuff like that. It's not like that creamy mac and cheese kind of stuff. Right. Like, right. Different, yeah. Craft. Oh, yeah. Craft. Yeah. Cheese and macaroni. Yeah. yeah. That's more like what we normally have up here. So right. if I saw mac and cheese on the menu, I would assume it was more like a craft style. Right. Like yeah. And I think Disney itself, when they sell mac and cheese in general, is, is more or less the style that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily yes. a bake, but it's like a kind of like a, you know, real noodles with real cheese kind of stuff. Yeah. So we got all that. And now let's get to the stuff that kind of <laughs> put a lot of Louisiana on, on notice is the gumbo. Yeah. Here's the gumbo. They even posted up a picture of the gumbo. And there are a couple of different options. Okay. So first of all, uh, they let off by saying that there's going to be a seven greens gumbo, which is a must try as a quote, a must try plant-based option. It features white beans, okra, yams, sweet potatoes, and heirloom rice. Feel my breakfast coming up. As you well, yeah. say. Now, if you, if you weren't straight vegetarian, you could also get the seven greens gumbo with chicken on Dewey sausage. Okay. Um, but then they also have the house gumbo, you know, and they say this dish is a New Orleans staple combining braised chicken, andouille sausage, and heirloom rice. That is not what gumbo looks like. And we, we saw which, the picture. Which yeah. one? Yeah. Any of them. The one with the sausage <laughs> perfectly lined up with the little pat of rice no. and the chicken on the side kind of a thing. That's, that thing is plated. Gumbo is in a pot and you scoop it. Yeah. And you put rice in the dish and you dump it on top of that and also i mean again if you're going to do new orleans gumbo there's got to be shrimp in there it's more seafood based well i think it depends uh with gumbo you get you got your meats and then you got your seafood gumbos both of which have a different color roux usually the seafood gumbos have like a darker roux there's some places like maybe if if kirk was on he'd probably specify that you never have seafood in a meat gumbo and vice versa you can mix it up but you know people around here we do mix it up because basically a gumbo is just whatever you have on hand you throw it in a pot but you don't put greens in it yeah yeah well yeah oh i'm sorry you still were elaborating well no i mean the the only time i know of having like a strict vegetarian uh, gumbo is when uh you know chef leah chase who tiana was based off of Mm -hmm. would make her gumbo zerbs as she calls it Mm -hmm. and that but that was only during lent and during lent you know new orleans being a very catholic city uh during lent usually you don't eat meat especially on fridays or even during like good friday easter sunday that kind of stuff so a long time ago she came up with the gumbo zerbs to kind of compensate for that, mm-hmm. you know, and then the rest of the days, like on Holy Thursday, whatever else, she had her full on meat gumbo with all the stuff in it ready to go. But that's the only time I've ever seen it. But it usually didn't have like white beans or yams or sweet potatoes and stuff. It was mostly a lot of greens. It was literally right. greens. It was like, you know, collard greens, turnip greens, whatever. Right. I think in a video, she even mentioned kale, obviously enough, which I didn't expect. But, I, you know, it was, it was a channel four video that she did on him. And she mentioned that, but yeah, it was most. It's mostly green, and that and the only. There's only one time she ever cooks it, and it was during the Lenten season down here in New Orleans. So yeah, the seven greens gumbo is a little bit different. Quite a bit, yes, quite yeah. a bit different. It's a cute way to put it. Yeah. Now with the gumbo, I showed my family this this picture, and so I showed my wife this, and she's like, I asked, I basically asked her like, what do you think this is? You know, they just opened Tiana's restaurant, that kind of, or they're opening it. What do you think this is? She's like. Looks like a chicken stew. Like, That's exactly okay. what I told Eli. Yeah. And then I showed my oldest daughter. It's like, I said the same spiel and I showed her the picture. He's like, that better not be the gumbo. <laughs> I was like, yeah, baby, that's the gumbo. She's like, oh my God. And she stormed off. She stormed off. Yeah, she did. Good for her. 
She's a teen. She's a little bit dramatic now. Well, that's, this is one that you should be dramatic on. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I showed my middle daughter, Lily. She's like, oh, that looks actually kind of good. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, what is it, baby? It's like, oh, it looks like some kind of chicken dish. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I told her, it's like, it's a gumbo. She's like, that's the gumbo? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, wh- where's the, like, the soup that goes with it? I'm like, that's a fair point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes me raise some questions. Is, is really this how they're going to serve it? Or was this like maybe the photographer had different ways of trying to portray this dish? I don't know. Because typically what? The the chef would prepare the dish and they would take pictures of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if the photographer had any say. It's like, oh, no, we should show all the, the elements of the thing. It's going to be art. It's beautiful. Maybe that's what it is. I, I hope so. Because you barely see any of the roux. And that's, yeah. the, that's the thing. It's like you're not supposed to see any ingredients in gumbo for those who don't really eat gumbo. I mean, yeah. you're, you're so, it's supposed to be like a mystery dish almost. You're not supposed to know what's in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has to be so on the nose it is in that picture, right? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That it. It looks like a nice, uh, like a, almost like a, a, I don't know what you call it, charcuterie board of meat or something like yeah. that. But yeah, that is not a that's not a gumbo at, at all. That need to be a deep a deeper bowl at least. You know, surprise me with the ingredients. And even in the Mika, I mean, there's just too many veggies in there. Like, it, look, you, you're supposed to have the Holy Trinity, right? Uh, mm-hmm. of, which would be for, for those celery, familiar, be- yeah, celery, bell pepper, and uh, onions. And then okra is generally in, in gumbo. So that does, but I mean, yeah, there's like carrots or something, sweet yeah. potatoes or something in there. Yeah, yeah. I assume yeah. this is like the seven greens gumbo with the chicken on sewage alternative option. Yeah. Is what I assumed it was, but still. Not good. Not no. good. No. Beef, Not- if you said this is a beef stew or or something like that, I, I could accept that. Or a mm-hmm. vegetable stew, I, I can I can accept that. But no. And I still hold firm that seafood gumbo is really the more traditional gumbo. Yeah. Here, especially, I mean, had that well, I mean we night. live in an area that has a lot of seafood, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's expected. Yeah. Their gumbo track record is not very good. I don't know if you all <laughs> had the um, Blue Bayou gumbo. Um, I think I did when we went. It was like a weak tomato soup yes. with veggies Ooh. in it. I yeah, it was pretty it. bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Yeah. I and get- I don't even like, I think that might be my only gumbo experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh. But I, I didn't have anything to compare it to and I knew that wasn't it and it was bad. So yeah, I don't know that their track record is great. Well, that's the thing that I'm glad you said that because it's like we, we did have them a weekend and uh, we, when this was released, we had a conversation of it in our Facebook group and we did have a, like a, a New York weekend say, hey, this looks pretty good. But, you know, I don't know much about, you know, Southern cooking or whatnot, so I don't know. So what got into my head is like, okay, well, maybe they're trying to make this appealing to more than just people in the South or from Louisiana across the board. But my worry with that is like, I don't want that to be for people to think that's what it should be. Right. Like, don't come to my city and say, hey, this gumbo is not what I'm used to. Or like, that's not gumbo. As long as you understand that it's going to be a little different, but and you accept the fact that this is not Actually, what we know is gumbo, as what is defined as gumbo. Even not, not even in the, in the movie, Tiana's gumbo looked like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's hers true. looked like she had a big old pot, and yes. she looked pretty accurate. That's exactly how it should went. I was yeah. going to say, didn't they have a, a few uh, Disney executives come down here to to check out how things were set, laid out? They checked it out. They went over to uh, Dookie Chase's restaurant, which is laid Chase. The, yeah, yeah. Tiana, the, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another thing that kind of. I mean, look, the chicken looks fine, but um, isn't she really well known for the Southern Fried Chicken over there? 
Isn't that like the dish you kind of oh, yeah, no, put it, her on the map? It's really good. So I'm kind of surprised that we don't see that here. But that was really what mm-hmm. Leia Chase was known for. Mm-hmm. I bet that's because of Plaza. Oh, maybe. Oh, they got a fried chicken? That's their that's thing. thing. Mm. Yeah, fried, fried chicken is their thing. Wow. Yeah, because I know if they brought her recipe here, it'd just blow up Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that would be the end of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'd be better off just like finding some, you know, some mamas around New Orleans and just say, hey, we're going to fly you up to Disney for like a couple of weeks. Just tell us what the recipe is. At least you've got your authentication right there, mm-hmm. you know? Or at least something valid. I, I remember reading some kind of article where they stated they had some person, and I can't remember the name of the company that they used as a consulting thing. And the guy was saying, "Oh, I'm very honored to be part of this. I haven't been from New Orleans, that kind of stuff, whatever else." But I'm and now I'm, I'm I'm questioning that New Orleans car, dude. <laughs> <You> know, <it's laughs> the like, New Orleans car. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, no corporate business will do what they want to do eventually, and, and just like override anything else uh, that maybe you might have brought to the table. But man, this this is a heck of a twist, I think. Yeah, it's. I'm happy to see that they're trying to get in a lot. I mean, you got a po' boy in there. You got a muffalata in there. You got gumbo. You got these different things. I don't see a jambalaya or anything like that. So um, like jambalaya would have been easy to do with the the sausage and pretty straightforward. And no, I mean, I at least applaud them for uh, representing Mm -hmm. the kind of foods that we eat down there. It is a sampling of, of what New Orleans cuisine is like, but I don't like their twist. Their twist. It's too much changes it. Yeah. It just, <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't end there. Okay. Because we have dessert. All right. And the yeah. article boasts, uh, the Disney Eats article boasts that this is the star of the show. Okay. And I quote, no restaurant inspired by Walt Disney Animation Studios, the princess and the frog could be complete without beignets. And that Tiana's palace dessert is always first. But these delights aren't your average beignets. Oh, no. The house filled beignet features a delicious lemon icebox pie filling topped with lemon glaze. For the perfect bite. Mm. End quote. So that's what they're serving. They're serving basically a, a stuffed beignet, which it, it has a ice lemon icebox pie filling and it has a lemon glaze. So it's almost like what we would know is like a Hubix pie, but mm-hmm. with a beignet dough. <laughs> and right. Hubix pie is kind of like those little pies that are fried and you know, iced and they're prepackaged and you see them everywhere in the grocery stores or whatnot. Oh, okay. Like Drake's, I think, has some yeah, pies like that. I've I know what that, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So something like that. So that's what it sounds like to me. And that's what it kind of looks like in a picture, but just like square like a beignet. You know, I was talking to Eddie about this, my uh, neighbor, a friend of mine, and he was saying that maybe the reason for this is because Emerald kind of put lemon icebox pie on the map. And so mm. they just figured that they would combine the two in order to get something out of it. But there's no places in and around here that serve beignets stuffed with fruit. None that I know of. I no. mean, I've, I've never. I mean, beignets are not like danishes or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> tarts or anything like that. I mean, are they stuffed with anything usually? No, no, no. air. Just stuffed with air. It should be right. stuffed with yeah, air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if not, if they're too doughy, and you should send it back. So <laughs> I, that's the the guess here is that they were trying to combine two traditional New Orleans dessert items in one. I can see that. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. plausible for sure, especially because I mean. Disneyland has the uh, the Jazz Kitchen Express mm-hmm. right out in, in downtown Disney that has like your typical beignets that you right. can serve. They even have the Cafe de Mon box stuff and the coffee that you can get. And so one of my thoughts was like, well, maybe they just wanted to be something, have something different, you know. And I know at one point Cafe de Mon had like franchises out in Japan and they would do stuff like that. Um, I, I was doing some research on it and there, there's not as many of them left over in Japan, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they would experiment with stuff like that. And so that's an interesting take about the, the icebox pie filling stuff. 
would y'all get this? Would y'all try this beignet? You know, if, if two mm. other people at the table are like, let's just for the sake, just give it a shot. I would try it mm-hmm. because, I mean, I, I live here though. Like, so I can mm-hmm. always get a beignet whenever I want to. So yeah. it doesn't cost yeah. me anything to try it just to see if, it, but I feel bad for people who go over there like, well, this is what a beignet is. Right. I don't like that. I, I, I wish people, if they're going to sample something, they're sampling something that is really close approximation of it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, and and I would think I would think too since it's a beignet and a uh, Kevin like you know like I know like I know that you know mm-hmm. cooking these things. I mean, number one, a little powdered sugar would have been nice, and number two, it yeah. would have been good to have maybe an option to say, hey, you can try this without lemon gunk in it mm-hmm. or with lemon <laughs> gunk in it. <laughs> that would be nice, yeah. Because other than that, you'd have to go out to downtown Disney just to get the regular beignet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is, as an aside, I was doing some research on that because it used to be Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen and Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen Express, which for some reason, it's the name is Ralph Brennan is no longer there. So I don't know mm. if they never re Well, there's a thing. lot of Brennan family drama at one point in time. Yeah, so. I could see that. Maybe that, that's what happened. But yeah, so that's the beignet. That's what they're boasting for dessert at this quick service. And there's a couple other things that are left on the menu. Uh, and this is something that I tagged Rachel in, in the group. And then that is one of yeah. their specialty drinks. And we were just talking about this, I guess, one or two shows ago. I can't remember. But uh, they serve a Joffrey's Coffee Chicory Cold Brew topped with sweet cream. Well, hey, man, props to them for at least getting the chicory in there. I, I was worried about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm based on our discussion, you know, Rachel talking about the cold brew last time. Uh, I'm definitely curious about this. Mm-hmm. And it comes with a Ray Firefly glow, glow Cube. That's kind of <laughs> cool. I like that. And the, the cube looks kind of cool, actually, seeing hanging on the thing. I, w- I would get this for sure because mm-hmm. I like coffee drinks. Oh, um, I love coffee. Yeah. Would you so. try this, Rachel? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know who had a chicory coffee that I tried one time was um, Port Orleans French Quarter. That's Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Um, Did you like and it? I think it was like Joffrey's because it was at Disney. Yeah, I thought it was good. I remember thinking when I was drinking it that I did not taste a huge difference mm-hmm. between like normal strong coffee and this chicory coffee but i we like strong coffee anyway like mm-hmm. we drink it really strong at home um it was definitely better than the normal disney coffee you oh, yeah. know like from the food court oh yeah the the the, uh, the coffee the chicory is supposed to add just a little bit of bitterness but if you like strong coffee then that makes sense i like strong coffee too so same here i'm kind of used to it yeah i know some, some people that never had it they're like oh this has got a little bite a little bitter mm-hmm. they're not used to it but anyway so that's the menu that they have so um, all of this kind of leads us to wonder if Disney sees the restaurants needing some kind of IP now to be successful, much like their attractions, you know, at least in the parks. I don't know if they'll do anything like that in the downtown Disney or Disney Springs or things like that, mm-hmm. but it may be in the parks, you know. So what do you all think of that? Do you think this is the way Disney is going where they have to attach some kind of IP with it? I think that when you look at w- how they're opening attractions now it seems like they're opening lands and if you're going to do a cars land of course you're going to need flows va cafe if you're opening the world of pandora you're going to need satuli canteen if you're opening a star wars land, you're going to so i mean i think there is a sense of yeah that the more attraction the more lands that you're creating you're going to need uh restaurants that fit within that land so that to me kind of makes sense why we're kind of getting more mm-hmm. but then you also have disney and certain snow white into artist point Meisner's Lounge becomes Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, uh, Regal Eagle Smokehouse. The Muppets took up that. Uh, that mm-hmm. used to be Liberty Inn. Yeah. So you do see them pushing 
forward with that. We've always had restaurants that have used IP to an extent, but I think we're starting to go into a little bit of a different direction with it. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about this just yet. I kind of like it, but at the same time, you know, I'm kind of, it feels like we're missing out on some of the more fine dining that we used to get. I can see that. Yeah. Does the insertion of those characters of those places make you want to go there more? If I had a it's kid. A, if it, okay, that, that's a good Young take. kids, actually. Yeah. I do have a kid. I can but. see where kids may <laughs> want to do it. Yeah. You know, young yeah. kids, yeah. It depends on the atmosphere. I mean, c- tell me, you, you, if you go into Star Wars, then of course you're going to eat at a Star Wars-themed restaurant. I mean, and I'm not talking about Docking Bay 7 or anything like that. Ronto Roasters. Right. I'm not talking about Ronto Roasters. I'm talking about you want a restaurant where it does feel like you're eating either in space, kind of like Space 220, I suppose, but better food, hopefully. Um, but uh, or, or if you're in like a, the cantina kind of thing, you you want to have that feeling that you're in the start. I guess it just depends. Yeah. You know, when you brought up the thing about the lands, that's one of the first places I thought about was Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, you got Docking Bay 7, you got Ron Tarosers, and they have elements of that world, but it doesn't feel like there's an IP attached to it. You know, no. That, that, that That's recognizable. There isn't, but yeah, at the same time, it's got to fit that theme. And I think that's how the restaurants work best when they fit that theme, Mm -hmm. but they still, the the meal comes first. It's not about, it's not like you're eating a Chuck E. Cheese (laughs) where it's like the arcade games and the show on stage and stuff like that. And the pizza's crap, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you, you, it should be that the, the theming fits, but the food is front and center. It should, well, it should be. Yeah. I mean, it's a place to go eat. Like, for example, I think. Woody's lunchbox in Toy Story Land, mm-hmm. right? Like it's super themed, but the food is really good and it makes sense with the theme. Yeah, that's what I think when it works best. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's any place that they've inserted IP where it just doesn't work, or if it feels forced. Uh, artist point feels for that feels yeah. forced. That's the oh, first yeah, one that I was sure. thinking of. For yeah, sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like it, but it does feel forced. I think Pizza Rizzo is kind of forced. Mm-hmm. I mean, pizza and rats. Rat, pe- <laughs> rat pizza. <laughs> I was going to say another one. It's not there right now, but they used to have that um, like Bon Voyage breakfast at Treacheria Al Forno and mm. the Boardwalk. Okay. And it had Rapunzel and Flynn and Ariel and Eric. And the character meets were great and the food was great. But that theming made zero sense. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. I could see that. Mm hmm. It's like an Italian restaurant, and neither of those properties are Italian in any way. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one that disappointed me was when they redid. Was it uh, Pirata and they turned it into um, oh, Pirate and Pirata? Or yeah, something like and that? It, they turned it into Tor- Pirate and Pirata Tortuga Tavern yeah. or something. And I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be awesome! It's gonna be like, good. no, <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that. What's a Tortuga Tavern? I don't. It was just plain. Yeah, it's not. They actually operate it kind of seasonally mm-hmm. sometimes too. It's not always open. But the last time I was there, it was like just like basic stuff, like a pretzel snack kind of things. No rum. <laughs> no. So any kind of place no. where there's IP, but there's not really like decent food. Yeah. Well, Mickey, Mickey bars. It was more just to, like fill a gap of like if you need something and you happen to be here, this is an option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's just it's not really well themed. It, it, you don't, no. It's not like you walk in there and you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in the world of pirates. You, you don't oh, feel like yeah, that no, at all. No. 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 It's just shoehorned in. Yes. 
to me, and, and I thought it'd be a fun little discussion. I wanted to know if there are restaurants that you believe would do fine with some IP in it. Like if you could take a restaurant on Disney property, insert some form of Disney IP in there, it, it, what would you do? Like, you know, we don't need a whole big run through. Like, you know, I'd serve this food and that food. Like, what would be a good existing restaurant? You're like, you know what I'd put in there? This. Yeah, the first thing that popped in my head when, uh, well, <laughs> I was going to say when we were talking about it off here. I guess we were talking about it off here, uh, fourth wall, but is is Whispering Canyon. Okay. As, as goofy as this oh. place is, I mean, I, I would love the Muppets in there. Just to just let it go whole hog. Ah, okay. Just get it. Just, you, may, you can make it as corny and as goofy as you want it to be. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what they're going for. That's just sick, you know, with the ketchup and all this kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> the waiters and stuff. It's like, man, let's, let's just go. Let's go for it. You know, Muppets in the Woods. <laughs> I, <laughs> Muppets, in the, Muppets woods. in the Woods. They got a cabin. <laughs> they decide to open a restaurant. We got to feed the people. This is how we do it. Sounds like a you 70s know? song or something. <laughs> yeah. So they can serve all the ketchup they want, all the different little goofy things. You know, I thought that'd be kind of fun. I'd be curious to see how you, how would you put Muppets in there? Like, how would you, because I don't like it when they take, here's Muppets on the TV screen. Like, oh, no, I wouldn't on, definitely man. wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Some real walk around. Yeah. That's a good thing about Muppets. Just stick them on somebody's face. Like they can sync up the lip movement to the track or whatever it is, but we don't need. We Let don't them pre-recorded. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. You know yeah. f- Sorry, I was just thinking about Muppets. You'd know be fun is um, having Muppets in the Diamond Horseshoe. Because they already have that stage there and everything. Ooh, oh, that's, that's true. a good one. I like that. That is good. Yeah. I tell you what I would like to see is I haven't decided whether uh, it's either Mama Melrose or Sci-Fi Diner. I think I'd keep Sci-Fi Diner because it's so unique. Mama Re- Melrose, to me, has really kind of fallen off the map lately. I'd like to take yeah. that and turn it into the Ink and Paint Club from Who Frame Roger Rabbit. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, oh, like wow. put like yeah. a stage up there because, I mean, with holograms and stuff like that, I mean, if we can make Tupac come alive on stage, <laughs> we could bring cartoon, like, you know, put up a stage and boom, it's like the characters are performing for you. I think that would be really, really cool. That would oh, be wow. kind of neat. Yeah. I, I would dig a, you know, that diner that Obi-Wan goes and meets a little chef buddy in the second a prequel movie oh yeah that you're talking about uh i forgot his name dexter dexter yeah dexter or something like that (laughs) i just want a diner like that (laughs) and just have him back there cooking he looked like he was based on mel from al i know right yes yes Yes. (laughs) i mean he's a diner i can get a burger maybe milkshake you know every now and then obi-wan pops in with something I don't know. That's some kind of action happens. You know, we got people with lightsabers chasing through the diner or something like that. You know, something Eli? simple. Uh, that's, I don't know. That was kind of that was kind of tough because like all the different restaurants. I, I like the fact of the fine dining was I wouldn't even retouch those. No, I wouldn't touch fine dining at all. And um, Does, that that's endangered as it is. Yes, I was going to say. Hey, uh, fine dining prefix menu. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah, that's as tricky True. as it is. Yeah. Uh, I would think I would like to see something a little more modern for Cosmic Rays. That has, as Danny would put it, the Chuck E. Cheese feel to it. it yeah, a little bit. A little more of an IP upgrade to it. It's been so long since I've eaten there. I don't remember the food. I just remember they have a wide array of food. But Yeah, uh, it's, it's just fast food. Yeah, I was yeah say, it's right? just basic food, though. Nothing beyond that. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I would keep the fine diner stuff like away as it is. If I want a steak, I really don't think I want like a character in my face like while I'm working on my steak. But Clarabel like, Cow's Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, that would be yeah. tough to watch. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, I think it would be really cool as if you could turn that into like the ship from uh, Alien as the Nostromo, 
and <laughs> sitting there and you're eating and then every, every once in a while a diner passes out and an alien jumps out of his stomach <laughs> or something like that it starts singing, <laughs> maybe it starts singing hello my baby hello my <laughs> baby. <laughs> i don't feel too good mom and dad like hurry 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 go take a picture go take a picture <laughs> <laughs> yes that would be funny um, I'll tell you what came to me was I always think about those Rapunzel bathrooms in mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom and Fantasyland. Yes. And they're so cool. And it's so crazy that it's only a bathroom. And so I would love to see that extend across the pathway. Mm-hmm. And let's make Columbia Harbor House the Snuggly Duckling. I couldn't yes. agree more. Could nice. not agree more. The only thing that worries me about doing that is is now does the snuggly duckling is there a way to make the entrance still in Fantasyland or is it all it does it have to be in Liberty Square because then mm, would it fit? I know that would be the only thing if you could move the entrance to like, the Fantasyland side. Man, the only way you could fit it is like in between that overhang I know. and Peter Pan's queue, which is really tight to begin with. But you know what? I mean, they they seem to be a little bit lenient with theming these days. I would I wouldn't care as long as the Snuggly Duckling was there because I think it's a crime. Yeah. that it's yeah. not. I, mean, I think if they didn't use the exact sign from the movie because that's a little cartoony, mm-hmm. but if they made it more of like a subdued sign with that oh, theming there, yeah, yeah. that it could still be the sun- Snuggly Duckling, and then you don't really see the like character theming until you get inside and you're sort of outside that Liberty square environment. That would work. I'd be totally fine with that. One of the things that I think I would love to see, it'll never happen, but if they could take the rainforest cafe at the front of animal kingdom and turn that into the manticore's tavern from on. Oh, that's that's my one in one, a one B for my two biggest wish list items would be the ink and paint club and that. That'd be brilliant, actually. Oh, I, I, yeah, wait, I'll give you a third. Harryhausen's. Put that in the Tomorrowland Terrace. I don't even care. The sushi you joint? Could, yeah, if, yeah. If, yes. I want that sushi joint where they make like sushis with eyes. And so like, I just want to see. <laughs> I don't care if you got to get rid of the laugh floor in order to make it happen. I just want that restaurant there because I want sushi in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. Every time I ride that Monsters, Inc. ride and we go through that part of mm. the dark ride, I always think of you and I'm like, why hasn't Disney done this restaurant yet? It seems so obvious. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, that is, <laughs> If that is my legacy in podcasting, I'll, I'll, I'll live happy. Leave it. It's there a given, go. yeah. Who's Absolutely. that guy that kept ranting and raving? <laughs> about Harryhausen's. Now you have Harryhausen's. Yeah. Yes. So that would be one. The one I was thinking about, like for the uh, Columbia Harbor House, was uh, like maybe turning it into a haunted mansion, kind of since it's right across from there. And they call it Gracie's yeah. Tavern, and it's kind of a haunted vibe to it. But I, I really would prefer the Snuggly Dunkling. I, 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 and it just looks like it would fit there perfectly. So I'd rather Rachel's idea more. But that was something I thought would the be cool. The is pretty good because it's like where the spooks get their spirits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. That's funny. You That's know, cool. You're looking at the I mean, we already have Trader Sam's where things in the bar are moving and doing things on their own. Why, Why not? not? Yeah. Why not? But, um, Put all the drunkards in one place. Now I'll, give you an, I'll give you another easy one they could do is just take Chef de France and turn into Gusteau's. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah. easy one to do. I don't think it would change things too much. Yeah, I could see that, Gusto's. Didn't they used to go around um, Chefs de France with a little Remy? Mm-hmm. Like, in, in, like yeah. a little animatronic Remy that would be in the oh. cart? Oh, I do remember that. Cute. Yeah. That was a thing. And I, I, I couldn't wait to see that. And by the time, we, I don't know why they stopped doing it, but they did. It probably stopped working. Uh, I know that they have something similar um, on the Wish and the Arendelle restaurant. 
Olaf comes around on like a, a cart, oh, you know, wow. just like that, like a serving oh, cool. cart. They're like pushing Olaf and he's such a cool animatronic and he talks and interacts and it's like pre-recorded. So it's actually Josh Gad's voice. It's, oh, wow. it's nice. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. cool. Um, but like half the time I see people's videos that it's not working. And so they have a walk around Olaf instead. Oh, so we got the real one, which I was super pumped about, but, yeah. um, but maybe that's why they stopped doing it, that it just wasn't reliable enough. That's something with technology, right? When the walk around character is now the B mode. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and A mode's like the little animatronic thing. Yep. That's, that's funny, man. Yeah. You know, this, this, has, this will never happen. But I, first thing I thought of, one of the first things I thought of was like Coral Reef retheming to like Splash. <laughs> and then every now and then, like, uh, she'll, well, like a mermaid will screech, and then the, the you have a video of the, the glass. Cracking. cracking oh my gosh and then That's you know have fix it felix come around and <laughs> fix it boom <laughs> but that that was like a far fetch that, that'll never happen but i thought it'd be funny yeah no that would be funny that'd be cute especially it'd be easy enough uh, for them to go ahead and do like those little projection yeah projection mapping yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely especially with the cracks in the glass yeah. that'd be a trip well guys we want to hear your opinions on all this stuff man let us know what restaurants you think would be good having ip which ones don't? Do you think this is where Disney is headed? And most importantly, man, we want to know what you think about Tiana's Palace menu items, man. Is, is this something that looks appealing to you? If you're from Louisiana, we want to hear your opinions. If you're not from Louisiana, we definitely want to hear your opinions as well. And look, we're about to tell you how to do that in just a little bit. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode of the Magic Our Way podcast. And look, magicourway.com is the way to go. There you will find our social media links, past episodes, and more. Also, if you want to get in touch with us to share your opinions on anything we have talked about on this episode, you can do so through the following ways. First of all, you can slide into our DMs on any of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Or you can shoot us an email at showupmagicgarway.com or call or text us at 1815-MOWEEKEND. That's 1815-MOWEEKEND-669-4226. And of course, we have a couple of people who do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we got Eli does things with comics. Eli, what's up, sir? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you can always visit my space on the internet, www.avidcomics.com. We see the books that I've worked on fully colored. The only ad in the book is for the podcast right here. So that's Savages, the Molly B. Damned, of course, Project Geisha. There's also blogs and uh, interviews and, of course, a link to the Magic Highway podcast so you never miss an episode. So please support the indie arts. Visit ivorycomics.com today. Social media, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Eli H. Ivory, and as long as you're a real person, lovely to meet you. For your bot, do not need to greet you. I got to hold on to my credit rate. The bot's just messing up. <laughs> Uh, also on Facebook, you can find the uh, Project Geisha fan page. So uh, please show your support there. Appreciate that. On Instagram, I can be found there posting up the hearts and likes. Uh, right there, I'm EIRI504. And of course, on X, still trying to get used to that. But on X, I can be found at Hancock10166. So if you appreciate the madness, he's bringing me the gladness. Thank you very much. And if you want to book a vacation to the Disneyland Resort in California so that you can try out Tiana's Palace, you could do it through Rachel. Rachel, tell them how to do this. I would be honored to help your family book your vacation to Disney destinations, Universal, Cruise Lines, and major hotel brands around the world. Booking with me is at no extra cost to you. The cost of a travel agent is built into the cost of your vacation, whether you use one or not. 
And when you book with me, a little bit of your trip comes back to support the podcast and the fan community here at Magic Our Way. You can reach me at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at magicourway.com, or you can find me at, at R, the letter R, Family Magic, so R Family Magic, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also give me a call or a text. My phone number is 978-432-WISH. Reach out today and let's make some magic with your family vacation. So if y'all want to access all the information we just mentioned, go to magicrway.com forward slash about us. Also, if you want to elevate your support of the Magic Way podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash magicrway. There you will find six awesome tiers to support this show. Any way in which you could support the show is deeply appreciated. We also want to thank you for being a loyal listener, and we always love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are always welcome in the Magic Army podcast, so make sure you get in touch with us today. So, Mawigans, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. And you are. Bye.